Hello there, OIMOP replay listeners. Pete here, live call 10 3. No, 10 4. 10 4. <laughs> 2022. I want to start off with a question or two I got via email just for fun. Oh, this is a question from Dorothy. My question on around gift, gift lists for the holidays. Any tips on crafting them, marketing them, and timing them? Thanks. I love this question because I think one of the most underutilized strategies in all of, well, I was going to say in all of affiliate marketing, but probably all marketing for people like us are holiday promotions. Now, big business and retail, they're, they're on top of this, right? There's a reason we see 50 billion commercials this time of year and we're inundated with Christmas offers now and you know, my kids have been wanting to purchase Halloween decorations for like over a month now. It's, it's, we're still like three and a half weeks away from Halloween. Anyways. Uh, Hey Kyla, welcome. Thanks for joining us. We're talking about gift lists, gift related content for holidays. Um, back to my point. Yes, this is underutilized. I have two ideas here that I really like. The first one would be preparing everything way in advance. Your top affiliates, who might do Black Friday promotions, who might do holiday promotions. Almost all of them do to some degree. Like every company in the history of the planet now does some Black Friday crap. And whether you like that or not, that's the way it is. And so there could be opportunity there for like affiliate earnings. That sort of stuff. Um, just making sure you have review content in place that you could share like when the promotion arises, when the deal arises, like there's a bunch of things you can do far in advance, right? Like I have a affiliate review YouTube video that I made a year ago and it's still relevant. And then come black Friday, I can send an email out and be like, Hey, these guys are awesome. Here's my official review. And this weekend they're doing X, Y, Z discount. Like there's a bunch of stuff you can prep in advance. There's also the opposite of that. That's number one. You're asking what to do. I think just making sure you have, Whatever content you need, and that's like super bland and lame and means absolutely nothing, but making sure you have whatever content you need produced ahead of time if you can. Now, the opposite of that would be really timely, just-in-time sort of content for certain promotions. Um, maybe even easier than Black Friday is probably stuff like Amazon Day. For example, Prime Day, Amazon Prime Day was a big one for me. I made 4x the revenue on Prime Day this past Amazon Prime Day because I just did like a little roundup and I didn't know what was going to be featured until the day of. So literally on Amazon Prime Day, I did a screen share recording some deals I found and I put it out on YouTube and it earned several hundred bucks, which is great. Like, I love it. That was perfect. Um, but you never know what those deals are until the time comes. So I think plan for a day or two near black Friday, near the Christmas holidays, near Valentine's day, near July 4th or like whatever Memorial day. Those are always like sales, potential affiliate sales, potential affiliate launches over those holidays plan, whatever content you can prep, but also like set aside a day or two near those days near those holidays where you can uh, just dive in headfirst into timely time sensitive 
just in time, trying to figure out what to call this type of content. Day of or the day before. I think that's cool. Did I actually answer a question or was I rambling, Dorothy? Um, any tips for crafting them, marketing them, and timing them? Yeah. There's always that weird thing. I don't know if any of you have experienced this. Timing your promotions for holiday stuff. I don't really have a good answer to this. <laughs> I know that on Thanksgiving, and well, actually like four days before Thanksgiving now, people are getting earlier and earlier with their emails that they send out and like their social marketing for like Black Friday stuff. Um, it's just a nightmare for me personally. Like dealing from a consumer perspective, I think it's an absolute nightmare. <laughs> I can't stand it. But I don't really have any answers there for like timing holiday content. Oh, you know what? One last thing. I'm rambling. Hey, Bree. Sorry. Didn't say hey. Um, another one last thing on holiday promotions. SEO. Or really not even SEO, but SEO or Pinterest. Stuff like that. Hitting publish at least a couple of weeks before. Now, I don't actually know how important this is these days because I feel like... I don't know. It just depends on the niche, probably. Are people searching for stuff around those holidays? Like, are people searching for product reviews on Black Friday? I guess so. I mean, probably more than most days, but I don't know. I don't know the answer to that. Um, but I do think if you need to have content put out for search, it needs to be done at least a couple of weeks earlier to have time to index. And that all depends on the niche and people's, you know, authority or whatever, how quickly it indexes and starts to rank or whatnot, but at least a couple of weeks. I don't know. I, I thought I'd mention that because I know Dorothy focuses on uh, SEO and she sent in that question. Miss anything there? It's a weird topic. Weird topic. I will say that I actually think for my own stuff, it's more effective to do just in time roundup content, meaning Here's some cool stuff I found for my audience on Black Friday or Amazon Prime Day or whatever it is. New Year's, a lot of stuff. Um, that's what works for me just because I think it's more interesting. My audience probably appreciates it more too because it's just me in a live setting or close to live setting just talking about products in a real way. For me, that works best and I think that's, that's helpful. Okay, um, one more question here. Oh, Bree actually posted something in Slack, which I pulled up. How do you uh, determine fees for a sponsored link placement for a blog post? I'm interested in this, and I don't have any answers, but I do have thoughts, as always. So, <laughs> I feel like if a company is willing to pay a good fee, like if 50 bucks makes you feel pretty comfortable but like 150 bucks would be like, wow, they just paid me 150 bucks for that link. It's a great deal. I feel like that would be worth doing. But anything less than that is probably not worth doing. And it's probably more headache, might be more trouble than it's worth. Um, and Brie, I'm not going to read the, the rest of your thing there, but companies reaching out for backlinks, paid links, or even like sponsored posts or whatnot. Man, it seems like it could be easy. And like really straightforward and simple to implement that. And whenever I've tried it in the past, it's like emails back and forth and back and forth. And 
oh, actually, could you change this anchor text? Or actually, could we do this other thing and this other thing? And there's like all sorts of stuff. Not every time, but like that's happened more than a few times. And I'm like, was this worth the $30 that I said? Like, can you just insert a link here? I was like, yeah, sure. I'll do it for 30 bucks. Like, was it really worth that? No, in some cases, not all cases. So I think if a company is willing to pay more, it'll probably be worth it. Not just the fee, but also working with that company would probably be easier. That's, I don't know if that made any sense, but that's where my head went. Um, the rule that people give in SEO circles is like a dollar per your DR, domain authority, domain rating, up to like 50 or 60 or something. I don't remember. But if, you're, if you have like a DA 50 site, somebody's asking for a link, you should charge up 50 bucks. Uh, but if you have like a DA 70 site, that might be like 150 bucks or more. I don't know. I don't think there's any hard rules. I think there's a bunch of soft rules, but I think it comes down to how much work is this going to be realistically? And then what do I feel comfortable doing? Brie, I don't know if you want to talk on this call or not, but what else? Is there anything else? I'm going to read yeah, this to you. Yeah, I mean, that company, they came back to me and they're like, yeah, we'll offer you 13% commission. And I was like, oh, no, sorry. Right. So that's the end result of that one. But well, basically, I was like, oh, like, I'm not able to work on commission only at this time. But if budget comes available for that, I'm happy to discuss. Okay, bye. But yeah. I think I relate to your comment about like the back and forth email thing is like why I don't work with brands. Yeah. Cause they, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I it's mean, annoying. It's draining. It's so draining. Although money is energizing. So maybe it's worth it, but I don't know. <laughs> um, oh man, I feel like sponsor posts are the worst as far as like the back and forth and like, Editing and formatting and ugh, that's like the worst. That's the worst. I asked if uh, I'm sorry. I'm going to read your post now. Just kind of curious. Asked if they'd be interested in having their product links in those posts, and they're potentially interested. Oh yeah. I always use your affiliate link. <laughs> By the way, <laughs> sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so then if like they asked if they could put their affiliate link and mine was already in there, should I say no? Or would you just be like, oh, whoops, I didn't put that in the contract and then just do it and then change it later, like after a year or something. That would work too. Yeah. That's kind of what I went with because I will, I was hoping that they would, this was the same person who was, we were talking about the link placement thing for some of their other products on some other posts. So I was hoping that if I played their little game, then maybe they would play mine, but they didn't. So. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah, that happens. That's fine. Um, Brie, I'm going to throw you under the bus, if you don't mind. What are your what are your earnings per, like, 1,000 page views? You know that metric? What is that, like, EMPV or oh, like with RPM like- or whatever? Like, roughly, what are yours? If, if um, in the higher teens, mid to high teens. But you mean like average or like per post? Because there's a couple posts that brought in like a fair amount of traffic, but they were like overseas traffic. So then that their EPMV was like $4. So then it brings the average down a lot. But I think the average is more closer to like 20 or 
okay. for if I took out those like outlying posts that kind of skew it. Okay. But well, there's some that go as high as like 30 some. Okay. I'm seeing people on Twitter. They're like 40, 30, 40. That's their average. Like, yeah. 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 I and mean, like, maybe it depends on the niche or something. And if you have it like, or no, I don't know if the monetization focus or whatever um, affects the um, EPMV. I don't know. Or just the total. No, I guess it would theoretically, right? Because they show potentially more ads. So you would earn more per visit potentially if it doesn't. Well, their algorithm is supposed to make it so it doesn't like turn people away. So then you overall lose page views. So theoretically, if it works. Right. <laughs> then it would increase it. I think I'm a skeptic when I, whenever I hear about algorithms and like machine learning and AI for these ad companies. I'm like, do y'all really do that? Like how advanced are your algorithms? I don't know. I'm just doubtful. I have no data to support this. Yeah. They make, they make their program sound like, so good, but I'm like, I have no idea. But what I did was I had it on balance for the longest time. And then I was like, I'm going to try revenue focus. Like this was like January till spring time because that's usually like lower ad rates and stuff so then i tried that and then i noticed over time like my bounce went sorry my bounce rate went down or up for a bit but then it went down and now it's below where it was when i first like by before i even had ads it's like below that so Hmm. the bounce rate is lower but i mean i guess there's other factors like i've written other content so maybe i got better at writing content and blah 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 but it did it it did seem to adapt and make it so they're not turning away as many people Hmm. from my limited knowledge of how it works i've only been on ezoic for like maybe like two weeks now we'll log in and look so maybe it just needs more time oh yeah it definitely needs more time because mine took like several months to get up to well even where it is now like I don't know. It's slowly going up enough over time. Really? I think so. But maybe because I'm writing better content and then they have all the information, like they're adapting. And then uh, like I can see, oh, this post has good rates. So mm. then I write more posts like that and stuff like that. So. Totally. Yeah. I've already started doing that too. I got sleep. Um, okay. What else we got? Is there any more questions that I missed before we just hang before we hang? Um, yeah, one second. Okay. I'm going to answer Sam's question from Slack. Sam's not on the call. So don't mind it. Dumb YouTube question. His words, not mine. <laughs> when I write a blog post and it isn't doing well, I can go back in, edit the post and it'll eventually get re-indexed and sometimes gets more traffic. If you have a video that's not great, can you edit it? Or should you put out a new video with a different title thumbnail, etc.? Does uploading a new video to the same quote unquote placeholder in your YouTube studio get you a fresh start in terms of the algorithms or should you just forget it and move on? Okay. I like this question. 
Um, two things. Number one, YouTube doesn't like duplicate content isn't a thing really. In fact, if you go search for what are some of the big stuff, search for YouTube stuff on YouTube, like the best camera for vlogging. You just like go search that in. I'm gonna like do this live just because I'm curious now. Go to YouTube. Best camera for vlogging. What you're gonna see probably camera for vlogging on page one, like the top 10 results, you're gonna see multiple videos for the same channel, I'm guessing. Think Media has, out of that thing I just said, Think Media has one, two, (laughs) three, four, five. Half of the top 10 are from Think Media. Kudos to them. And so my answer to Sam's question is like, when in doubt, if you wanted to like update a video or even do like really close to the same video, you can absolutely do that with one major thing. And that is don't actually upload the same exact video. I don't really know where I heard this. In fact, I've never actually tried this, so maybe you should try it and report back. But I've heard this before. Like don't actually upload the exact same video. By the way, you, Google knows what your video is or YouTube knows what your video is. They automate subtitles and captions and they listen. They, they know if you actually upload a duplicate video, I'm pretty sure. feels like they would. So I would say do a new video. That's number one. And you can do as many as you want. <laughs> I've actually thought about going back and I used to crush YouTube on the Do You Even Blog channel for best podcasting gear for beginners or like podcasting equipment, beginners, anything related to that. I had the number one result in YouTube and the Podia stuff. I had a couple of videos um, over the past couple of years that Podia managed to get thousands and thousands and thousands of views and did really well for affiliate earnings, like several thousand dollars in affiliate earnings. And then that stuff trailed off because it was not, it's not relevant anymore. Like that was 2019 Podia, 2020 Podia and they're, you know, platforms changed a lot. I thought about redoing that stuff. I didn't because my priorities have changed, but I should <laughs> if I were to keep doing the Do Even Blog YouTube channel. So that's number one. Absolutely. Just compete for the same topics, keywords or whatever. Like don't even, don't even hesitate. But it's not exactly what you asked. One other thing, changing title and thumbnail, absolutely. And there ain't no rules about changing a title and thumbnail for YouTube videos. And it makes a difference. I changed one of my thumbnails yesterday, two days ago, yesterday, because the click through rate was like 4%. My channel average is like, it's pretty good. Not gonna lie. It's like 10%, 12%. This is not do even blog. This is my, this is my keyboard channel. The do even blog click through rate is like abysmal. It's like one and a half, two percent digital marketing, digital marketing sucks. But uh, yeah, if something is not doing well, especially in the first 24 hours or like two, three days, changing title and thumbnail is easily the way to go. And luckily it's a really easy thing to monitor. You look at click through rates and that's it. If something is below your channel average, then just change out the thumbnail. And if that doesn't work, like change out the title. Usually I just do thumbnail. Sometimes I've changed the title too and, uh, and see what happens. I don't think there's a way to go back and actually edit the video itself. 
and then republish under the same placeholder as what Sam asked. No, you can't do that. Once it's published, that video is out there and published, and you can delete it. You can change the title and thumbnail, but you actually can't change the video content. You can't re-upload a video to that same place in the algorithm, to my knowledge. Because I actually tried to do that once, and I, no, you couldn't do it. Um, honestly, my thing here would be to monitor a video in the first week. And if the click-through rate's low, don't even hesitate. Like, change out the thumbnail. Just change, just tweak like one or two things, <laughs> change the background image or change the, the text on the thumbnail or something and then republish. But any longer than that, if you want to do an updated video or try, you could do a better one or something like that. Just do a new one. There you go. That's my answer. Um, anything else? No, I don't really want to talk about anything else. What's up, Kyla? Um, does anybody else have any things they want to talk about? <laughs> I never know what to say here. Anybody have any questions? Or do they want to like get feedback on something? If not, I'm going to go in and get feedback on something because I have business ideas that I need feedback on. So, you know, unless you want to hear me talk for another five minutes. Well, I, I just heard you guys, Bree and you, you talk about Ezoic. I still have the name card next to my laptop thinking about oh, yeah. should I or should I not? Uh, they sent me two chasers after FinCon. And yeah, I don't know if, if you have make, if, if you did some like new experiences that you could share on that, that would be interesting for me. That's all. Bree, do you use Ezoic? Yeah. Okay. I mean, I would, I think Pete should wait longer to say an opinion because it does adapt, I think. Like, honestly, when I first got mine, it was showing like so many ads and it was really hideous. But then, like, it was just like, like, I went to my site and it was like frugal minimalist kitchen. And then it was like mold removal, like this huge thing. And I was like, what? No. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, I, I tweaked it, even though they're like, no, leave it all. The algorithm I was like, sorry, no, I'm not having that gigantic header thing. That's like literally the first thing that someone sees. And I also blocked certain ad categories. So I probably could get higher EPMB. Like I, uh, I blocked political ads hmm. and I blocked, um, diet and weight loss ads because I'm a dietitian. So I don't really want like really terrible weight loss ads <laughs> beside my name. Okay. Um, so you, did they help you at all with your SEO and I asked this for Matt because at FinCon Matt met with the Ezoic people and they're like I don't remember exactly what they told you you're welcome to share but well, it sounded like Brie, Brie before said they will tell you what kind of blog posts will perform and then they, 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 they kind of sold it to me like when when you install their thing on your page you will have an additional like a, a navigation system for you uh, to to kind of decide in which direction you want to continue to work. That, that's how yeah, I they go. have like really in-depth analytics. So you can look by your top performing posts and like you can see everything. Like it's just so much. I don't even know. I mean, you could dig in there really deep and figure stuff out. They have tons of training videos and stuff. And then um, depending what level you're at or like, however, I don't know, they sort of changed it since I first signed up. But um, 
at certain levels you get um quarterly calls with them and stuff and you can talk about whatever you want so they can be like oh yeah this is how you find the type like you can sort the earnings by category or by like page views or whatever like everything probably that's so basic what i'm saying but i honestly my traffic's not so high that i'm putting so much time and effort into that because you know like i feel like i need to still write more and whatever yeah but they don't actually do anything they just like you get more data right from their thing but they don't actually improve your seo like they don't do shit they're just like here's here's our ad platform like installed on your site but they do have the leap thing which is like a site speed thing which um yeah it you basically i honestly this is my opinion about it i i think it's good for what it is but i think the real purpose of it is to make that make it harder to leave them because you it interferes with all the other seo stuff that you've already set up so you have to get rid of the other stuff um then they also have this new thing that they recently implemented it's just in beta where they're like scanning all your content and then they're giving you like um keyword suggestions and like estimating the volume and like the difficulty and stuff (laughs) i feel like it's kind of like keywords everywhere level of accuracy but i found a couple possible keywords that i could do so i think because it's in beta that's i don't know i thought it was like a nice little bonus but yeah they don't necessarily do anything for you but they provide you lots of tools that you can analyze things very interesting you mentioned make it hard for you to kick them out so what would happen exactly if tomorrow you decide to kick them out um well i could just turn off ads if i didn't want that and then i would have to like (laughs) replace all the things that they're doing for my blog right now because you know I, i all my site speed stuff is through them at the moment um they also have free hosting if you wanted to do that to be honest i tried signing up because I was like, well, I would like to save like 600 and some dollars a year. Uh, but I don't know if it's just big scoots that made it super difficult because they like didn't have the exact thing that Ezoic said that they needed. I'm not super techie, but big scoots is like, this is the same thing as the thing that they're telling you. And then Ezoic is saying, no, that's a different thing. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll stay with big scoots because I... I don't know the answer. And also I felt like their customer service was not good on that. So I was like, well, I don't want to, I can't deal with it myself. So I guess big scoots is better because they have good customer service. But if you're techie, then it could potentially be good. Like the people in the Facebook group seem happy with it, the hosting. And I guess they would have the incentive to like provide good hosting because that makes them more money. If your mm. site's running well. Interesting. So I'm using Leap at the moment. The only plugin I turned off was WP Rocket, my caching plugin of choice. Uh, I'm still using Short Pixel. I am still using my CDN, Cloudflare. I couldn't think of the name of it. Cloudflare. Um, so I, I was actually <laughs> thinking about what Matt said. Like when I leave, if I leave, oh shit, like what do I have to do? I'm going to have to, 
I won't actually have to do much at all, actually. I'll have to change some name server stuff, and then I'll have to like redo my cache settings and clear cache and like some other stuff like that, but but not a ton. I didn't even know about their hosting stuff. I haven't I haven't looked into that at all. Um what was I gonna say? Oh, so it's funny. I heard from everybody that their customer service sucked. Like legit, everybody says this. <laughs> and I was like, I'm pretty techie. Like I can figure this stuff out. Like I have no problems. Like I I, I run my own server and like the whole deal. Like it doesn't matter. I can I can make this work, right? I can I can do this. And so I signed up. And I think part of the reason I think I got special treatment. Not because I'm super fancy, but because I complained on Twitter a lot. <laughs> and I think it like the CEO literally responded. He's like, I'm gonna send somebody your way. And he did. He sent me this dude named Ryan, who's one of their partner management people or something. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But basically, this dude did 90% of the work. And I'm really happy with that. It was it was still stressful because my site actually broke at some point, which he said, which is the WordPress plugin. So I just deactivated it and made him do the rest of it. It was really great, but I got the feeling like I don't think he does this for everybody. Like I don't think they do this for everybody. I think it's very, it is very DIY. Usually I don't really know because I've only done it once, but I would also say if you go to their site right now and I am, I'm looking at their website, there's no contact us button, no link that says get help. It just isn't there. You can't find it. There's no support chat or whatever that I'm aware of. I mean, maybe there is, but I can't like, I don't know where it is. There's one inside your dashboard but yeah i think it depends on the level that you're at like if you're just in their like starter one it's completely diy but when i started they they didn't have that and they just set you up with a personal assistant person who was like your go-to and he my guy like set everything up for me because if i had to do it myself it wouldn't have gotten done i'm pretty sure because I had no idea. He's like, oh, get this information. I was like, I've literally never heard of that. Where yeah. do I find it? So he was really helpful. But yeah, so for someone with lower traffic, then maybe it's a lot more DIY. And they also put me in their optimization queue. So the guy called it like, we have an optimization specialist who will go in deeper to your settings and leap and you know help you optimize for site speed and revenue or whatever. Yeah, it's been two weeks. I even followed up with the dude. I was like, hey, you said you were going to hook me up with a guy. And it's like, yeah, I put you in the queue. I was like, oh, okay. Well, how long before, you know, somebody, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> right. My site could be faster right now, but I don't know what to do. And they haven't hooked me up yet. I don't know. It's just kind of lame. But whatever, it's making money. I clicked on their thing for like sites with under 10,000 page views or whatever. And it says, like, how do I get support? And it says, support is provided through Twist. It sounds like a forum. It says, you can access previous posts from other publishers or start a new thread. Or you can view our knowledge base. Yeah. 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 Yeah, it is what it is. (laughs) You're going to go do it now, Matt? You're going to turn ads on your site? I may ask you the next question next time we talk. <laughs> All right. All right. That's fair. 
But you can go to FinCon next year again. They'll probably be back and you can be like, bring your laptop and be like, hey, so I got this question for you. I heard all this bad stuff about you guys. What do you think? (laughs) You can do your setup there and be like, so I'm stuck. And then like ask them these questions while they're trying to sell their product to the next guy and like make it super awkward for them. Yeah. I don't feel nice like idea. What doing. <laughs> I feel like they would just look at you and give you a contact for support. What else? Kyla, how's your site coming along? I'll put you on the Good. I have I have a site actually up. Um and I have an actual LLC formed. Post that. I have a bank account. Things are happening. You're official. Yeah, I'm official. <laughs> I'm not so, gonna lie. I'm glad you went with that branding. I'm just saying. I didn't put like the HTTPS thing in my chat message, and I don't think you can click on it as a link. That is so dumb. Fair. Nice. Looks good. But I have a say. I'm still playing with it. Like, I don't know. There's a lot more I would like to do. For it, but also I would like to really just be doing like client work and getting paid. Um, because I don't get paid for working on my own site, you know. So I'm like, well, I have a site, so at least it's not awkward when people ask me what my website is, and I'll make changes to it as I go along. But I have something, so that's nice. Yeah, good for you. I like it. I like the uh, I like the green choice, it looks good. Thank you. Yeah, I just changed the colors this morning, actually. I had other colors, and I kind of didn't like them. And I asked a friend last night. I was like, what do you think? And she was like, it looks like Halloween, because it had, like, an orange color. And I was like, all right, yeah, like, I got to actually change this. So, I don't know. I'm still, I'm, like, still a little iffy about the colors, but I'm like, at least it's better, so. I like it. I'm down. I like colors. It's good. Cool. What else is new? Bree, how's your site going? Or how's life? No, just tell me that. Hmm? How's life? Oh my god, that's like the most awkwardest of questions. I'm just saying, hey, I haven't, I haven't seen oh, you. Oh, hi. After. Yeah. I know. I mean, summer has just been, you know, fun. I actually got away and stuff, so I haven't been around much, but yeah. What's that's the weather up there? Mm, like 18 Celsius. I don't know what that is. <laughs> like just below room temperature. Like, uh, I don't know, 69 or something like that. Is yeah. that a good guess? That's nice. It's not bad. That's yeah. about what it is here. Yeah, well, no, aren't I, we kind of like in the same latitude or whatever? Um, What part of Canada? More southern. In Toronto. Toronto. Yes, we are. We're very, very close. I think I'm actually further north than you are. Yeah. Oh, really? Just, Mm. just barely. Mm. I only asked that because I was just reading a post. There's an airline. I don't remember what the airline was. It wasn't in the U.S. or wasn't in North America. But something was wrong with the heat on the aircraft, and they couldn't warm up the aircraft. And so it was like a five or six hour flight at around fifty degrees Fahrenheit. Is that like 10 degrees Celsius, I think? 
It's something like that. Yeah, it's about 10 degrees Celsius. And, you know, there are people like bundled up in blankets and everybody's complaining. And the flight attendants were like, you know, something's broken. We couldn't do it. And I was reading the comments on this particular post. And it was like 50-50 split between like, I'm from Southern California. And anything below 65, you know, Fahrenheit is like freezing to me. And then there's the people um, like us who were like, yo, Canadians in like March when it's like a sunny 41 degree day are like, holy shit, <laughs> like walking with the shirts off, like laying in the backyard trying to get a tan. And yeah, I just laughed. That's all. Yeah, it's always funny. Although I'm a cold person, so I relate to the Californians more so than the Canadians. Yeah. Well, it still sounds kind of miserable being on a plane where it's. Oh, yeah. I would hate that. For sure. Although slightly, probably slightly less bad than if it was like way too hot. But I always bring extra layers because I get cold easily. So. Are you going to stop recording? The little red dot makes me nervous. You want me to stop recording? Yeah, I'll stop recording. Bye, everybody. Listening on the replay. Ciao. <laughs>